Well, welcome in again, everyone, to this new podcast. Uh, Dr. Matthews, I think we're going to call it the Educational Leadership Forum. Okay, well, that sounds super official. That's what that sounds like. It's a formal and informative title. Serious stuff going on here. We all know that. But it's it's you, Dr. Dale. It goes without saying. What do we say? Uh, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. That's exactly right. Well, the Educational Leadership Forum, I, I did search it on podcasts to see if anybody had that name, and they don't. So um, I wanted to call it Leadership Lab, but there's like four of those. Uh, so Educational Leadership Forum. Welcome, Dr. Matthews. Thank you. Proud to be here, sir. For those of you uh, new to Dr. Matthews, he uh, born and raised in Arkansas, went to Stanford. Silence. <laughs> uh, got your degree in uh, uh, international studies. Did I? Did I? Get yeah, that? international relations. That's right. International relations. Okay. Uh, became a history teacher, taught AP history for a number of years, then became a principal. Now, did you go straight from AP history to principal? I went from uh, teaching all kinds of history, including AP, to a vice principal in Lodi, California, then a principal in Stockton, California, and then a principal in Malibu, California. That's right. And then a assistant soup of, of HR, and then a superintendent in the Manhattan Beach Unified School District, and... And then a superintendent in the Placentia Yorba Linda School District. Okay. All right. I, I, as a Manhattan Beach person, I'm not allowed to talk about any other superintendencies you've had. Fair enough. If they want to talk about that, they can get you on. Okay. Okay. Um, also, we taught together at Long Beach State. We taught curriculum and instruction at Long Beach State. Dr. Matthews has also worked uh, with several educational organizations. Currently, you're shepherding the 21st Century Consortium. Right. Which, it's a, yeah, it's a group, about group, of super, group of superintendents. You've been a part of it, Dr. Dale. Uh, you know, we're all from pretty small, high-performing districts around the Western United States, and uh, we talk about current issues. It's, it's a great group. And you know what? It's a needed group. I I felt like I would go to principal meetings in Southern California and they would be talking about how to remediate algebra one second semester for first semester D's and F's. And, and I would go, yeah, my biggest problem is we have too many freshmen taking algebra two with honors. Nobody wants to hear from me. No. So the consortium is a place where high performing schools can go talk about high performing problems, right? That's right. It's a, we're, we're a unique group. Yeah. And then um, do you want to talk about uh, what you're doing now in retirement? You're you're doing some consulting work, right? Doing some consulting work. I'm working uh, with the city of Malibu right now uh, where I live. Uh, there's a possibility of Malibu becoming its own independent school district. And so I'm uh, I take. What's, yeah, I'm, I take. Just, I'm helping out with that. And it's uh Super interesting, actually. Um, and uh, it's been something that's been on a burner for 15, 20 years. Um, and so it, it may happen. I don't know. But I'm, 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 I'm happy to be a part of that. And then um, 
I'm working with a legal firm, a local a, a kind of a statewide legal firm on supporting principals, superintendents, and uh, others across the state. Okay, so that's all good work, and they're all lucky to have you. Thank you very much. It's good work, yeah. Yeah, it's great work. Uh, so this this podcast is about educational leadership issues, and one of the issues that I thought about that we need to talk about as leaders is the, the issue of writing and literacy. Uh, you were the first name that popped into my head. I, in my almost 30 years, I never knew anyone who valued uh, good writing more than you did. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I wanted to get you on here and talk about writing and literacy and what it means, what it means in schools, what it means in life. And just look, looking forward into the future because, you know, times they are changing. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, where do you want to start, sir? I love the topic. Um, I'm happy you asked me about it. So uh, we can start from a, you know, a teaching perspective or from a leadership perspective. Well, my first introduction to you in writing was you as an interviewer, uh, uh, a person who hires people. And you had some strong feelings about writing as you're looking at applicants. You want to talk about that? Sure. We'll go to, uh, I remember it was a question in your interview. Um, and because I do value it, I, 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 you know, especially with, with AI and all that we have going on right now, the idea of putting a high premium on factual retention and basic computational stuff that um, really Anyone, I mean, you don't, it's good to have, but I'm telling you, it's hard to assess what's real and what's not real sometimes. And so I think writing is a great tool for teaching, right? And I remember asking all the principal applicants about the, all the finalists rather, um, about their take on writing. And the worst answer I got. I was hoping um, you would say it. Oh, yeah. Was, it wasn't my answer, by the way. Yeah, no, it was not your answer. You gave an outstanding answer. Well, I don't. I, to be honest, I don't remember your exact answer, but you didn't screw it up. I don't uh, either. I, I saw it as a question where I could lose more than I could win. Right. But the answer was, you know, in this modern world, there's no need to assign a, I mean, to give students an assignment where they needed to write more than 140 characters, because that's what Twitter is all about. And so I will focus on short, succinct, not even grammatically correct writing assignments where they get a point across. 140 characters, no 140. no punctuation, emojis are okay. Dude, I mean... That was a that was a killer right there. That was a and it was a good applicant, but it was just the wrong idea um, because there's certainly time when you need to be succinct. Um, in fact, it's one of my major challenges in writing is being succinct. Um, but overall, you want you need to be able to communicate clearly and uh, and to use the language well. And uh, so, yeah, that was a bad answer uh, overall. Well, and you practice what you preach, because I want everybody who watches this to go to drmikematthews.org and look at Close. it's okay, uh, say the right thing. I know it's a terrible name. I need to get a better name for it, but it's, it's Dr. M.D. Matthews, D.R.M.D. Matthews uh, dot com. And um, 
And yeah, it's a blog site that I keep. I just published my 96th blog post just uh, this past weekend. That is unbelievable because I've read them all and I can't believe I can't believe you held my attention that long. <laughs> so that, that in itself may be my greatest life accomplishment right there. <laughs> <laughs> we need banner and, and yeah. tag below that for your commercial. I can't believe you held my attention that long. No, go drmdmatthews.com. Read what Dr. Matthews writes. It's 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 incredible. It makes you think, makes you laugh, makes you cry. And I'm not joking about that. It's really, really good, Mike. Thank you. Okay. But you and I talked right around the time I was hired. And uh, to paraphrase what you said, you said, when I read the writing sample, I won't even consider them if it's bad writing. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> which, of course, right? And you and I taught in the uh, master's program at Long Beach State, like I said, and I was always perplexed by that because we had students in the class who verbally would make me want to run through a brick wall for them. And then we would get their writing assignment and it would be not strong. <laughs> yeah. And and to go back to what you first said, you said, of course, it's important. But I don't know if it's, of course, important to most people. I think for some people, that's a throwaway. Um, and I, is it important to you? I, absolutely. It's important to me. And, um, and I, and I, the one that's most important to me is that, you know, when you do that assignment where you, you do it in front of people, right? Because if you're smart, when you submit your written, uh, statements to, for an application, you've had someone else look at it, right? That's what, that's what everyone who's a, a great writer has someone else look at their stuff before they publish it, right? I mean, you, to, to not do that is we all have blind spots. And so, um, but when in that moment, when you, I don't, I don't expect it to be perfect because errors happen in a timed writing, but are you, are you interesting? Are you clear? Are you making the point you want to make? Do you ramble or, or do you kind of get to your point? Um, I don't care about the handwriting. I don't care about any of those things, but do you get to the point? Um, so yeah, that, that's that's very important for us. And going back to um, our days at Cal State um, uh, Long Beach, um, we would, you know, we viewed that as a chance to recruit great candidates for leadership, right? And when we had that great combination of someone who could speak eloquently, who showed extreme intelligence and passion for our, our for education, and they could write. We did everything we could to hire those people, and they were awesome. They were, and <clears throat> without naming names, there were a couple of instances where the way they presented themselves publicly may not have been overly impressive, but we got their writing right. And there were one or two times where you and I sat in an office and went, holy cow. Right. You can really write. Yep. Totally. And, I, I, I know those people when you, when you say that. Yeah. And we, and we, we, you <clears throat> ended up hiring them. But in that moment, in both of our eyes, because you had indoctrinated me on the power of writing and leadership, because for me, it was always when you stand up in front of people 
Can you move the room? Yeah. That's big. That's big. It's big. But I was, but all of my stock was in that. Right. And then my association with you, I I I I really believed in it. And 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 we had people who maybe didn't present publicly that strong, but their writing was amazing. And their stock went up and they ended up getting jobs in the district and they and they're great leaders. Right. And they all and they all thrived. And are thriving, right? Yeah. Right. So you you mentioned a couple of things. I want to I want to make sure I I drilled on this enough. You you mentioned a couple of things that you look at in the writing. Um can can you can you recreate that from a few minutes ago? Like when you look at a piece of writing, yeah, what in your mind is that mental checklist, either deliberate or not, where you go, you, you finally make a judgment. You go, oh, wow, this is good writing. Like, what do you right. see or not see? Uh, clarity is number one. Do, do you express, do you clearly express the points you're trying to make? Um, and it sounds so obvious, but it's really not. I mean, people get lost in sentences and may try to be more more fancy and erudite uh, and, and get lost in, in all that, right? Um, and so clarity is number one. And then number two, do you do it in a writing style that doesn't distract from your main point? Because if your sentences are too long or you're too simple, um, then people, uh, I mean, it, it, it take, people get upset with you not writing the way you should write and miss the main point too. And, um, and, you know, the, the, on top of all that kind of the, uh, the gravy, as we would say in the South, um, is can you, um, can you do this in a way where people actually go, wow, that was so well said a sentence or two where they go, wow, that was so clearly said that was, I wouldn't have said it that way. And, um, that, that, that's, you know, that's a highly intelligent person. They're explaining something and I understand it better than I ever have. Um, those are, those are great things to have. Okay. So did they capture your attention and, and are you, do you find yourself growing from the experience? Right. Yeah. That's great. Where are you on semicolons? I'm afraid of them. I fear semicolons. You know, I uh, I don't use them. I have people who, as I said before, look at what I write. Uh, I've always had that. And they suggest semicolons. And I just don't really understand them. I mean, why not use a period? But uh, so. Me too. I, I, and I, I would never judge someone who uses a semicolon. Uh you know, I, I assume it's right. So I don't know. That's man, you, you caught me at a weak point there, but that's an honest uh, answer to your question. But there's some fear there. So semicolons, not your cup of tea, but not a non-starter for you. <laughs> not a non-starter. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I may if I saw a, a piece of writing laden with semicolons, I might give it to someone who really understands semicolons and go, just tell me if this is right or wrong, because I, I. I'm not going to be the judge of that. All of my students right now are rooting for you <laughs> to talk me off of my hatred of semicolons. Oh, I did. I, I forgot that you were there too. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm not there. Okay. I, I don't have a hatred. I, I have more of a fear. 
and um, I don't. I just don't understand why they exist. I, um, I don't understand why they exist. I don't. I don't I mean I really don't know what the what the point is. I mean it's it's a combination of two very good things. It's a period and a comma. Use one of those. <laughs> Pick one. Pick one. It does exactly. seem indecisive, doesn't it? It it does. It's kind of that blend that is totally unnecessary. No. I, it's like the combination microwave and oven. What it? What are you? I mean, just get an oven and get a make, microwave. Make a decision. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I have developed um, a deep-seated a problem with semicolons. Okay. <clears throat> and I, 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 I put a lot of notations, new sentence, new sentence, new sentence, new sentence, to the point where students are probably looking up my home address. Uh, wow, that's that's they can come over and <laughs> teach me a thing or two. So I'll that's shut good. up about semicolons. Okay, enough. Now I, I am a fan of the Oxford comma. I mean. Right. We, I wasn't taught that way, but it's it's it's. I'm a big fan of that. What is an ox? I know what a comma is. What's an Oxford comma? Is that a is that a comma that drives a Tesla? I mean, what what is it? Or a, a button down or something like that? Yeah. Uh, no, that? Uh, an Oxford comma, and um, it is a a practice of if you have that sentence that has three things in it. Okay. Um, uh, Ben Dale's podcasts are interesting, informative, educational, and humorous, right? Four things. Four, uh, yeah, it was four things. Okay. I just got, you know, I got carried away because that's yeah. what the podcast does. You got lost in each other's eyes. Okay. I did. <laughs> there should be a comma before the, after the first three items there. Okay. Right. So there should not. So, I mean, we were kind of taught you you could not put a comma between the last two, but you got to separate each one of those. And I, I, I can't recite it by memory, but there's interesting um, uh, examples of when you don't use uh, a semicolon. I mean, I, when you don't use an Oxford comma, how it can misinterpret. You, you can misinterpret everything you're trying to say. So. So I have that may be a low point for interest on this podcast right there. What I just talked about. Well, I'm going to hot take it back up. Ready? I have a comma fetish. Okay. Okay. I'm enamored with the comma. Again, students watching this really want me to come, come clean. And, and what I'll do is I'll talk about my dissertation and Dr. Jonathan O'Brien. Oh yeah. I remember him. Great, great man. Just he he was so hard on my writing that I put him on my dissertation committee along with you. And uh, and I had him on my committee because he was so hard on my writing. <clears throat> and at the end of uh, one of my edits that I sent him, 60 pages I sent him to edit. He sent it back <laughs> at about page 48. I apparently he had had enough and he wrote in the margin, you need to go back to comma school. Wow. But he wrote it. You comma need comma to comma go comma back comma to comma 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 school comma period comma. Well, 
guy, it took two things with that. That's terrible. I hope you didn't get your feelings hurt. <laughs> and secondly, it was only I 10 love, years ago. I've forgotten about it. I love this guy. <laughs> I mean, because if I recall, I think you do have a propensity for uh, some commas there. I think I may have um, commented on a few of those too. My commas are true. That's the bottom line. And and there should be no comma in that sentence. But you may, even though you paused after, <laughs> there's no comma there. That is, right. that is a that is a comma-free sentence. I know. <clears throat> okay. So you mentioned AI. What is AI doing to the classroom? Talk about what are teachers going through right now? Yeah, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Um, and I I, I think um, I, I was talking to the that superintendent's group that, that we were in. AI was our last topic. And um, they estimate that 75% of their students are using chat GTP. GPT, That's sorry. Huge number. Massive number, right? And so how do you tell what's real and what's not real? I mean, because... Um, uh, when you have at-home assignments like that, it's, I mean, and, and there's lots of things you can buy that can decipher that, but people who know AI say, no, you can't, you, you, you really can't do that. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure you can imagine this situation where some program we have says it was generated by, by their, their writing submission was generated by AI. And then you get in an argument with the parent because the kid's insisting it did not. And the kid may be telling the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. So what fights do you want to get in? And so I, I, I think the, um, uh, for me, the, and I, I, I want to do more on this, but the answers are, the process where they're actually um, showing writing about what they're trying to do, where they put a lot of I in there, as opposed to asking chat Ch GPT to just uh, create it for them. And also as much in class as you can kind of going back to the comment we were talking about with, you know, applicants for leadership positions, doing the writing sample right there. Um, and uh, if I had I mean, when we used to do it, um, we would have to do it on a computer and, and on our computer. And uh, as long as I could be assured that computer didn't have access to uh, AI accounts, uh, that, that would be a good thing. So um, those are, and then I, I think when you're doing assessments and this is, this is good practice anyway, um, as much individual conversations as you could have kind of going back to how you and I taught, I mean, we, you can really tell someone gets a subject by how much, I mean, how intelligently they can talk about it, how they can refer to the reading, what they're talking about. And so it really calls into question, you know, all the ways you're assessing students. And so, um, I, I think it's massively, uh, confusing. I think it's massively complex and I think teachers need to be more, innovative than ever and how they assign work and how they assess work. So more, <clears throat> if I, I want to make sure I heard you more in class writing, more in class writing. Yep. I, I think that's, that's key. And then what you can do with that. And it's again, a lot of work, but you can compare what they write in class to what they submit. Right. And if you see a gigantic discrepancy between those two, then he knows something's up because in teaching 
when I was uh, when I was teaching, you really get to know each student's writing style. I mean, some students are so such great writers that you look forward to reading everything they write, and it's just beautiful. Whereas others struggle, right? And 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 if you get to know that style, then you see what they write in class, and it's like, well, who the heck is this? Then then you know you have an issue going on. But that takes a lot of time for teachers to do. I was that was going to be my comment was. It's asking a lot of teachers, which we always do, right? It's asking a lot of teachers and and um, they 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 really have to, oh, I was gonna say it's just another aspect of personalized learning. Yep. If Brett Geithman ever watches this, he's been pounding his computer waiting for us to say that this is another aspect of personalized learning. Yeah. And, um you, you got to know your kids. You got to know what they're capable of. So more in class, really know your students' writing. I think those are great. Those are great tips for educators. My controversial question is, do we care? Do we care about AI and whether they're doing isn't that or not? Um, I, I do. Sure, I do. I mean, I have no problem with someone using AI, I don't know how much you've used it, but it's it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. I mean, and for me, um, you know, it was really only around in my last superintendent job and I would use it as a starting point for um, important pieces I was going to speak about or, or talk about. And, it, you know, give me 20 reasons why blank um, and boom, it cranks them out. And you could, you know, adjust that to get more on point of what you wanted to do. And then you take that and make it your own. Um, I, I have zero issue with that. Um, but the operative phrase is taking that and making it your own. Um, and and that's, that's the key part. Nine Star Wars movies. <clears throat> How many scenes with books in them? Nine Star Wars movies. Say it again. There are nine Star Wars movies in the canon, right? How many scenes with books in them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got none so far, but uh, is the, do, do you know the answer? What it, one? Which one? On the island where Luke is hiding out. He's got okay. the Jedi cave. And there's a scene in the Jedi cave and there's texts there's like eight books there. And then what happens like right after two scenes later, they set the cave on fire and it like blows up. So in the end, there are no books, but that that's the question that I'll like, I really wrestle with it. Like, do we care? I mean, they built, they built the death star and they didn't have books, you know, like, is this where we're headed? And does it matter? And I know it matters to you because you learn something. You, Mike Matthews, not the collective you, you yourself, you get data on a person based on their writing. Right. Well, in looking at, um, it's, a, it's an interesting question, right? Because I, I, I still think that writing matters tremendously. But I get a lot of my information from podcasts and from, um, you know, from video podcasts and, and, but so often 
the meat of those podcasts comes from someone who's written about it previously. Um, I wrote uh, about a podcast recently by Peter Atia, who uh, was you know doing an interview with uh, Lance Armstrong. And so much of the information came from Peter Atia's book, uh, Outlive, on, on longevity and on health and, and all that. And so I, I think the writing that he did clarified what he believes in and set the tone for all that. And so it's certainly not the only thing, but it it uh, for me it it's it um it it provides that foundation that you can take off from. And Ben, you may be right. You may be right. I but I to I, I'm still sticking with it. Book sales are still high, right? In spite of everything else. Um, I think the number of readers is going down. Um, and that kind of drives me crazy, but I think that for some reason, book sales are, are still up there. Well, and you know, of my love of writing, so I'm, I'm pro writing. Um, and, and I, I, I kind of see it now as the poetic version of self-expression because you can make a vine, you can make a TikTok. you know, I don't know. 10 years ago, by the way, you and I were considered on the cutting edge of technology. Yeah. And now I sound like my grandfather, you know, right. you can make a vine, you can make a reel, you can make a, one of them talk ticks or whatever, you know, <laughs> but yeah, you were, you were carrying it off pretty well. I think actually there. So. Then I outed myself, mm -hmm. but can you express thoughts and emotions scenery um can you express that type of uh self-expression in words and <clears throat> you and i work hard at it yep and i think uh, <clears throat> i think it's uh something that's going away and i'm sad about that um but I look at my own children and wonder how big of a necessity is it for them? Do they, you know, some people do needlepoint, right? And do they take up writing like somebody who takes up needlepoint? Oh, guess what I'm doing now? I, I've decided to take up writing. You know, it's almost like that, like a, a pursuit that you decide to do. Yeah. And I, I, I don't want you to be right. Um, uh, but I mean, I, I just think there's places for it. Like even, I don't know how you plan your podcast and uh, I'm, I'm guessing you shouldn't say, but, um, uh, but even an outline, uh, you know, of where you want to go in, in the podcast is, is helpful. And I know you well enough to know that, um, you are a planner. Um, so, and, but, what writing allows you to do is to look at it and go, yeah, that's okay, but I'm going to, I need, I need to go in a different direction. And, and it, it allows you to plan things better and allows you to say things better. Right. Um, in my writing process um, for each post that I put out, you know, you, you, you I can, I, I kind of have ideas going on. I put it all out there. And then the next three days or so are spent trying to 
say it better, trying to say it more succinctly, to say it more in a more interesting fashion. Um, and that to me is great work. Uh, because and because in the in the in the video world, in the YouTube world, it's very spontaneous, which has its own attraction. It, it does, but it's not about the the uh, striving for perfection. I love that description of your writing. I, and I I never you and I have never really talked about your process, so I I I think that's really fascinating and. My favorite part of writing is what you expressed just now, which is you look at a segment of what you wrote and you think, man, that could be better. Right. Not, I think, unfortunately for a lot of people, writing is so laborious and tedious that they, they don't get to that second level. They're just trying to survive. They're just trying to get through it. But that next level is looking at a, a segment of the whole and saying, ah, oh, man, this piece right here, I could do that better. And then right. that process of what could make it better. I think it's fascinating anyway. And by the way, it's like anything. I mean, it's like exercise was like running or swimming. The more you do it, the better you get at it. And so it becomes less laborious. And then the labor can become not about just getting it done, but about getting it done well. And so it's, it's a practice. I mean, and, and just a commitment to that. So let's talk to administrators. Let's talk to superintendents and principals. Uh, a, you know, what emphasis do you put on writing? B, how do you do that? And then C, how do you manage chat GPT and AI on a school level? Yeah. Um, so the time when writing and becomes most, the need for good writing becomes most acute is during times of crisis, right? Mm -hmm. um, and a, a, a threat to a school comes up, a hot political issue comes up, a, um, you know, a, a major change you're trying to do in your district or in your school comes up and you have to communicate that out to everybody. Um, I, I, that to me is a time when you need to be able to put out something to your parent base and maybe to the, to the, lo the local newspapers that just says that says what you're trying to do where people can understand it. Um, because people are looking for information and, and in terms of a crisis, I mean, you know, it could be, a you know, you and I dealt with online threats to your school. Right. How do you explain it to everyone? And, and our practice was always to get as much factual information out there as we could. We both thought that was the right thing to do. We sometimes got in arguments with the police who didn't want to, um, who thought that putting too much out there was maybe not good for the investigative process. And I, and I tried always to honor what the police were trying to do, but we would have discussions behind the scenes where we would push because our parents wanted more information. And so um, that that was crucial uh, for us there. And you got to be able to think it quick. And I love public information officers um, and because they're you know, they, they write for a living and they communicate for a living, but they're often very safe. 
um, in what they want to do. And so that's why I think the superintendent personality matters quite a bit because you're the face of it and you're the person getting that information out there. And so as much of your voice that you can put into it, I think it gives the community a sense of solace, a sense of trust and, and, and all those things. And so uh, for me, uh, it's a crucial skill and don't do it alone. Um, make sure that, I mean, brainstorm what you want to do. And then when you put something together, you respect a few people in your organization with their writing skills, let them help you make it better. Um, well, especially if you feel like that's a weakness for you. Right. So I, I think it's a weakness for everyone. I, I think if you've been looking at the same piece, you've read it 21 times, you're, you're overlooking a stupid error that you've made and you can't see it anymore because you're blind to it. And having a fresh pair of eyes is great. Well, it's good advice <clears throat> across the board, right? To have right. proof readers. But I'm talking about the person listening or watching this right now who says, you know, wow, Dr. Matthews makes a good point. I've got to communicate with the community. And I know that writing is not a strength for me. So, you know, use your team. I heard you say that. Um, you you know, we would bounce stuff off each other. You had assistant superintendents. I had VPs. I, I, I didn't, I didn't use them as much as I should have, you know, now as we sit here and talk about it, but I always had booster presidents who yeah. were <clears throat> the smartest people in the room. No, all kidding aside, like yeah. I have power yeah, yeah. booster presidents. Right. And other than you, you were you were probably my primary proofreader because you were my supervisor, right? Right. And a lot of what I put out would either help you or blow back on you. But right. I I I use my booster presence, and you and I are confident in our writing. So if you're not confident in your writing, you need to make sure you have those people around you who you can count on to help you out when you have to put something out in writing or put out a video. Or, and and it, it may be an and, you know, I, I, I think that that's what I started doing um, in my last superintendent job. And I'm super uncomfortable in video. I no. mean, it's hard for me. You're very good at it. Uh, um, but I that to me was an uncomfortable medium to, to do that. And I, I, but like anything, you, you get better at it as as it goes along. And so I, I because. If you, I, I mean, and it may be something where you survey your parents, right? Um, and go, okay, I'm putting something out. Um, what do you prefer it in video form or written form? And um, if it's 50 50, you probably have to do both. If it's 80 20 video, because parents are getting younger and younger, and that's, you know, that's the, um, it's not younger and younger, I guess. They're just, they grew up with it, right? Younger and younger than us. Yeah, I know. I, that, was, that was another grandparent thing to say, but um, uh, these I mean, kids. But if they that then that's what you should focus on. Okay. Um, but again, I, I think that if you're preparing a video, you better make the points you want to make and not be just up there rambling. Um, and what what changes are you making in your district or your school as a leader right now to address issues of literacy? Um, what are you asking me? That. Yeah. What 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 changes are you making? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
district or your school as a leader, like for your teachers, for your kids. Yeah. I mean, and here you, we, we talked about this in the last podcast, but um, I've worked in districts where you have some schools who have a great focus on writing and all the teachers are on board and the results after a few years are super strong, right? Whereas other schools in the same district either don't have a focus or have a sort of a focus. And, and I, I'm a huge believer in your school needs to be on the same page with how you're teaching writing and the district should be on the same page with how you teach writing. Because the more teachers can talk to each other using the same words uh, about the process, the better off you are. And so we, as you know, we spent a lot of time getting everybody on the same page. And we were more successful at the elementary and middle school levels at it than we were at the high school. And that's, I think, mostly because the only place high school writing is really emphasized in high school, which is a mistake, is in, in English classes. Um, uh, so I, I wish it were more universal. But I, I, I just think that common language is critical for it. And it's the superintendents and the principals who lead that. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. And um, what do you do now at the high school level? What do you do when the English department comes to you and says, we want AI and chat GPT language added to the discipline matrix? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I I, I think that... Um, I think that in general, you have to decide what to assess um, because when you get that paper that a kid submits and you think it's AI generated, it's one thing if it's just copied from somewhere else, but that's not AI, that's plagiarism. Um, AI is copied from a gazillion sources and, and then translated to something that may not have ever been written before. Um, and so, I just think it gets us into a situation we don't want to be in. I, I would much rather train teachers to, um, I mean, we want to discourage it. Um, but if we see a giant discrepancy, we've already said this, between their own writing uh, that they that you know is theirs and the writing they submit for written papers, teachers just have to deal with that. And that's when they should come to the principals and say, okay, I mean, they could talk to the kid. If the kid doesn't disagree, if the kid questions it then we uh, you can talk to the principal about what you do but i think in the end you have to assess kids on what you think is more authentic and that is hard work for teachers to do hard work yeah. i can tell you at the university level right now <clears throat> almost all of the writing prompts are based on your experience yeah so instead of writing something from a abstract voice uh, you're now writing from your own experience. And so you cite examples. Right. It's almost like that old, uh, I think it was the writing prompt when I applied to be the principal in the district with you. It was uh, describe a change process that you led. Talk us through right. it. <clears throat> right. And then you have to find a way to get what you need from that writing sample. I have a colleague who's in the NCAA uh, recruiting and admissions world. And 
uh, she says that colleges are having quick conversations because it's happening now about if they require a writing sample that it's all done in person. Yeah. That you have to decide, Hey, I'd like to go to Stanford. You put in your application for Stanford. Stanford says, you know what? We're interested in you. Let's go to step two, which involves A, B, C, and D. And one of those is a writing sample. You need to come to Palo Alto or do the, uh, online right right where your screen's locked and you're writing in front you know that now it all has to be in person and that that's calming a lot of anxiety in academia yeah it's highly inconvenient um for the student yeah right yeah yeah but i i i love what you said about I mean, and I was I was thinking that, but didn't say it as eloquently as you did about if you can make I, I kind of referred to when I said about making assignments about the process. But what you said was making it about your own personal experience. And that's even better, I think, because and by the way, you can still use chat, you know, AI to help you get through some of the main ideas you want to hit. But in the end, you have to infuse that together with your own personal experiences. I think that's that takes a lot of intelligence to synthesize all that. And connected to the research. So right. we have our topic, you know, right. our topic in some of the classes I'm teaching right now is this uh, literacy instruction. And, you know, based on your experience, what are you doing at your school site as it relates to literacy? And please connect it to this week's reading. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, and uh, you, you there's good stories with that. Them. Sorry. With AI, where uh, there's a lawyer who said, uh, hey, submit this brief on this topic, I mean, write this brief on this topic and make sure you put citations in there. And it it wrote, it wrote a 85, 90 page brief with a whole list of citations in there. He submitted it to the court and the judge looked at it and said, these citations don't exist. <laughs> and I... Yeah, they they did. I mean, so it, it I I I just didn't say real citations, and uh, it just created ones that looked really official. And uh, I think Hudson the Lord Potts et al. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, to really incorporate what AI does well is it, use a lot of research, but not cite it at all. Right? There's no. They, because that gets into plagiarism issues too. Um, so yeah, it's. I still have so much to learn about it, but I, I, I love the topic, and uh, but uh, you know, like you and I both know, we're not getting rid of it. No, the box is open. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking, talking it through from a leadership perspective. Um, I'm happy that the consortium's talking about it. And, um, you know, we're, you and I have known each other long enough. I think we both enjoy the realization you come to that you're in the middle of the change. Right. You and I have, a, we, we, we lean into that, right? Uh, in 2011, we had unopened iPads headed to, was it ISTE or the other one, you know, the... And yeah, we we went to our first session, and they're like, "Okay, open the box, <laughs> take it out, 
turn it on. <laughs> yes, Ben. How do you turn it on? <laughs> yeah, we were we started slowly, but then we pretty quickly got on the bleeding edge of things, which is no fun either. On the no, it's even worse than that. On the way home from the conference, I filled a legal pad of all of your and all of my stream of consciousness ways we were going to revolutionize the world with this new technology that we had just learned three days ago how to turn it on. And that's it's stuff like that. There's a reason that one of our principals said, I hope you and Ben really enjoy this next conference. And I hope you come back with nothing new that you want us to do. (laughs) I know who that said that. There's another good story about that for another time. Yeah. Very Uh, good. Again, Dr. Matthews, thank you. Appreciate your expertise and your wisdom and your leadership. And uh, all those listening, uh, please comment, and we'll be talking about it more in class. So thank you, Dr. Dale. I enjoyed it as always. Thank you, sir.